Welcome back to Sweet Discernment. I'm your host, Sharon Sade. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I just wanted to talk about Spare. I finished it. The last recap is up on my channel and I'm going to be honest, it's very bittersweet. And so I wanted to talk about some of the surprising things from the book, but also some things that just felt like I needed to give it a little bit more attention. So let's get into it. Sweet Discernment by Sharian Sade. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to my podcast, Sweet Discernment. Now, I just finished Spare and I had a number of notes that I took, um, kind of like just the running theme about Diana throughout the book. I wanted to dig into that. I also wanted to dig into the fact that um, we see Harry continue to evolve throughout the book from a person who is just operating with this just wholehearted faith in his family and this belief that, you know, optimistic belief that they will always have his back. And watching that happen through the eyes of, of heartbreak, loss, but also overcoming and triumph, that was a very wild ride and, and very amazing story. And the way they told it was great. But also the idea that some people have that um, Megan quote was the mastermind behind the scenes. And then when you hear his story, it's like, Whatever you feel about Megan, I'm not going to debate you, but I am going to judge you <laughs> because it's like you're you you're knowingly basing your opinion on lies. And so in my opinion, I'm not going to to argue with you because I don't argue with fools, but I will recognize a fool when I see one. And so I think it's really interesting when people are knowingly digesting lies and then basing a very ill-begotten opinion on said lies. That's a choice, but it's yours to make. <laughs> but how can you read this book and feel anything but compassion and empathy for both of them and their children? Um, and then you hear Harry's story. And in my opinion, since most of us know who the royal family is, at least, like we may not know about them, but we know who they are. And seeing the, the curtain pulled back, and really getting clarity on a lot of these things, which I had faith that I had faith that these things weren't as they were presented to us. I'm not going to lie. I knew deep down, like, yeah, right. Like Megan is clearly not a bully. Like as a black woman myself, black or biracial people going into a racist institution, an all white institution, we already know that there's going to be a magnifying glass on us. So that didn't even make sense from a common sense perspective. But then hearing the great links they went to to make sure their staff was happy and recognize the overworked nature of the environment and how stressful it was, but they still did all they could to, you know, create a happy environment for them. Hearing all that effort and then hearing how they lambasted that lady, it's just, it's disgusting. Also, I saw Camilla in a darker light. Now, here's the thing. I never liked Camilla. I always thought that she was a demon spawn. Like just, <laughs> that's just an opinion. Um, but after how she treated Diana, I, like, here's the thing. People can say all day, like, oh, they were star-crossed lovers, blah, blah, blah. But let me just say this. Your character is who you are. And your character maintains consistency. So no matter what you encounter, no matter what you experience, no matter what you do, no matter what happens to you, your character stays the same. Your mood might change. Your demeanor might change. Your language might change. Your outlook might change. But your character is who you are. And so 
if you are in love with someone who's married, your character, your character will propel the actions that you take. When you are suffering loss, your character will, will propel the actions that you take. And the reason I'm saying that is because if you're a good person, no matter what you go through, it won't, it, you won't change the core of your being. You might, you might act out of character who you know yourself to be and you might slip. That's a very different thing. But with Camilla, she is who she is and she is that person through and through and she always has been. And for people who only blame her, I've made my point on my YouTube pretty clearly. Um, how can you only blame her when she wouldn't have this kind of access nor permission to do it without complicity from her husband, Charles? Because she's not doing it to her kids, just to his. And so he's not only permitting it, he's a terrible father for that, but he's a terrible person. But in addition to the behavior that she has towards her, her in-laws and her stepkids, I'm looking at how she treated Diana. First of all, no man is worth all that. Trying to drive somebody crazy over a man, much less Charles, no ma'am. We just not doing that. But again, this is a raggedy, desperate woman with with kicked in teeth, look like a broken fence. Not only that, you know, no offense to Camilla, of course, but I knew who she was before, but it's one thing to target, you know, a, a, a royal rival or a love rival, which is already lame and bad in and of itself, but it's one thing to target a love rival. And it's a very different thing to target kids or even your spouse's adult children. I think there is no worse person than a parent who allows abuse towards their kids or perpetuates abuse towards their kids or a person who's willing to do it. Both of those people are pretty damn bad. And so this book really pulled back the layers for me on Camilla to show just how low she was willing to go. What I didn't understand is that the whole royal family is consistently telling Harry and Meghan, like, just deal with the press. That's how it goes. But when he's showing them proof, like you guys have a leak and it's someone in the family and he's showing all this proof and he's pro protesting, protesting, protesting. It's just shocking to me that no one was like, let's get Camilla, you know, uh, let's get Camilla settled. Let's get her st set straight. And I know it's because Charles was protecting her, but hell, he should have got a good what for as well. So and we don't know if she didn't get that. We don't know if a conversation wasn't had with Charles because there's a moment in the book where um, uh, Queen Elizabeth remarks to Harry, your father will always do what he wants to do. So it's clear that they differ on things. And, and it is very well documented that she reluctantly gave Prince Charles permission to marry Camilla. She didn't want Camilla in the family. And to this day, I wonder where things would be if she had just stuck to that. If she just stuck to that. So I read this article in Yahoo News, and it was written by Mahara, uh, let's see, Mahara Bonner, and it's in Yahoo Life, and it's called, The Queen Would Have Taken Action Against Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, Says a Royal Expert. Now, I'm going to read this article, part of it, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts on it and the, the reason why I'm sharing it. So, you know, Spare came out January 10th. We've been recapping it on my podcast on YouTube. Not my podcast. We've been recapping it on my YouTube channel. And so... And it's been a wild ride, but we just reached the conclusion. It's very sad, bittersweet, but it's where we are. And um, I'm sad to see it go, but I'm going to listen to it again, <laughs> this time for fun, not from a working perspective where I'm taking notes the whole time. I'm just going to listen to it when I go to the beach again. So this article starts with the royal family still haven't said literally anything about Prince Harry's book, and their silence has left a lot to qu a lot of question marks. 
Like, will Harry and Meghan be invited to King Charles's coronation? Will the couple be stripped of their royal titles? And will their kids, Archie and Lilibet, still be named prince and princess in the wake of all this drama? We're going to pause right there. Mahara, you are now a friend of the podcast, until which time I see an article where you are not being this kind. But notice that she said, will their kids, Archie and Lilibet, still be named prince and princess in the wake of all this drama? I'm very glad she included that because once King Charles became the monarch, his grandchildren were automatically named prince and princess. And he has been dangling the carrot that he is going, that he might remove their titles. But what he says is refuse to grant their titles, but they were automatically granted. And that's the thing. So what the language, the language in Great Britain has been, will he grant them titles as if it's up to him? But really what they should be saying is, will he strip the titles? And that's a very different thing. It's one thing to just not get around to granting the titles. Petty, but not as bad as actively saying, and I'm targeting the babies. So I'm glad that this person acknowledged what was already at play <laughs> and used the true verbiage. Truly no clue, thanks to the fact that the royals have been completely silent. And according to royal author Christopher Anderson, Queen Elizabeth would have done things differently. Anderson tells Us Weekly that nothing could rattle the queen and that she'd have probably taken some action just as she did with Diana. This is a reference to the queen asking Princess Diana and then Prince Charles to get divorced following Diana's Panorama interview. Queen Elizabeth certainly is the person who began all of this the minute she would not allow a part-time royal situation, Anderson explains. She could have. She could have made all the accommodations for the Sussexes that they wanted. She chose not to do that because you're either all the way in or out. She had apparently no qualms about taking away his military ranks, his ceremonial ranks, which was really a devastating blow to him. Meanwhile, Anderson says that King Charles may channel his mother and at some point do something decisive so he can put it behind him. If he can do that before May, I don't know, but he'll have to probably do it at some point. To be determined on what that looks like, but there have been reports that Charles is seriously considering stripping the Sussexes of their titles, which seems more than a bit extreme, so stay tuned. Again, Mahara Bonner coming through with the truth. At the end, she says that seems extreme to strip, strip them of their titles. I agree. The queen granted them. She knew they wanted to separate and uh, separate from the royal family way back before she passed away, and she didn't say anything about stripping their titles. I say from that and that alone, just let them keep it, but... It's also their names at this point. So it's a little weird. <laughs> but anyway, um, the only issue I had with this article didn't come from Mahara Bonner herself. I thought it was very well written from her standpoint. And I was glad to see that she seemed a little bit in alignment with the Sussexes. But it's Christopher Anderson, the, the quote unquote royal expert, who said that the queen would have done things differently. It's dangerous to speak and uh, to use that kind of rhetoric and to speak from a place of assumption when it comes to a person who can't speak for themselves. To me, that's a cheap shot. Whether you're pro or anti-Sussexes, I'm not a fan of that type of behavior because, again, it's an assumption. And then it's always going to be diluted with your own uh, bias. So there's no way to fully know what the queen would have done. Here's a reason why I don't think we can really determine that based on her action. Yes, the queen was very decisive when it came to Diana and Charles, but prior to the Panorama interview, the queen had tried many different, you know, had been very patient with many different options for Diana and Charles, many different outbursts, many different breakdowns, many different public displays. There was a lot that went on before 
the decision was made to make them divorce. And who knows if the Panorama interview had been the only thing that happened with Diana and Charles, would she have still made that same decision? So the circumstances aren't the same. Those two, those two incidents cannot be compared because it's, it, there's, it's impossible to compare them. The relationships to the family member is not the same. Also, the queen is not here. Also, she was here when these communications started to break down. And she was open to ambiguity when it came to concluding on Harry keeping his security or not. If you recall, at that last Sandringham summit with Charles, William, um, Charles, William, Harry, and the queen, as well as the bee and the wasp, <laughs> as, he, as Harry calls them, um, they all sat down and they went through five options. Harry picked three. The family picked five. They went with five. But... While they ironed out the details of the hybrid royal living situation, which she was open to, as they ironed out the details, they left things up in the air. It was ambiguous. It was, we will continue to iron out these details over the course of 12 months, in which time Harry will keep his security. So she was open to ambiguity. I think the queen is a very, was a very smart and astute woman. She understood nuance and she knew when to show her hand and when not to. And I don't think spare is any different than anything else that happened with the royal family. There have been several books that were published by current senior royals who are still working as senior royals, so as working royals. So it's impossible to determine what the queen would have said or what the queen would have done because the queen has passed on. So I think when we discuss Queen Elizabeth II, we shouldn't try and weaponize her against her grandson, we should just consider her legacy, bid adieu, and pray for her happiness and freedom of her spirit. I also think it's it's something quite foul about the fact that people are willing to use someone's grandmother against them. I would be livid if someone was like, I know what John would have done. John Morris wouldn't have let Sharon get away with that. Wrong. That man lets me get away with everything from the time I was a child. You don't know. <laughs> I would hate for these correspondents. That also has to feel very invasive. Can you imagine like people you've never met having opinions and being able to publish opinions and make a living off of publishing opinions about your family, people you know in real life? That's why on my YouTube, I made this comment that people be people love telling you about your own family as if you if you don't know them better. And I was like, when people try to talk to me um, on behalf of my mom and I'm like, you talking all that smack and my mama don't even like you. Like that's why, <laughs> because you don't know people better than their children or their grandchildren. And so I think Christopher Anderson possibly meant well, I don't know. But what I can say is he was way out of line and I thought it was very assumptive to make that conclusion. But well, you know, who am I? Who am I? Secondly, Spare is such a great book. And if you haven't finished it, come back when you have. But one of the things that are, are were very apparent to me when I was reading the book was the fact that um, Diana was very present in Harry's life. Did you guys notice that? I, I just thought that was so sweet. She shows up in different ways, you know, all the way up until a medium conveys what her message is. But, you know, you got the Christmas ornament, you got the picture in Tyler Perry's house. Her friends helped them, um, helped Megan and comforted Megan. Her friends helped him when he choked up at the Well Child Awards in 2019. Like, Princess Diana's legacy is so much more than just her time as Charles's wife. Princess Diana was so much more than the royal family could reckon with, let alone empower or get behind. Um, she eclipsed that family, even in, in death, she eclipsed that family. They live in her shadow. They certainly do. Um, Camilla will forever be second best, no matter what. Camilla will always be the backup 
the evil stepmother, the witch hiding in the corner. Like that's who she is. Um, like a slithering snake in the grass. That's the image I get when I think of her and her teeth that look like a kicked in fence. Like, I just don't, I just don't know what it was about her that made that man so happy. I know she probably validated him and was one of the first. And I know all the stories about them, but I still, no matter what facts I've learned about Charles and Camilla, I've never gotten to that thing that made me understand his decision-making. And maybe it's not for me to understand, but I can damn sure render an opinion on it. And he has been terrible to his kids by allowing his wife to treat them the way she treats them. And I'm glad they will forever live in the great eclipsing shadow that Diana cast of kindness, good, love, and all things positive. She was definitely a person that was committed to a life of service. And even though her life ended way earlier than it should have, it didn't, her spirit and her good works did not end with her. They definitely live on through Harry and her grandchildren. So, um, and Diana, I mean, Diana was was so much more than just, again, a royal. She, she was a person who stood for something, many things, and touched a lot of people. Camilla could never. Camilla could never. <laughs> and even though Harry handled his book, his autobiography, with such great care, such honesty, and he was very delicate about the way he presented each and every person in the book. He definitely handled them with, with careful, careful hands. Like he did not try and lambast anybody. He didn't try to put anybody down. He didn't try to like paint anybody in a certain way. He just told his truth. And to know that there are 400 other pages that didn't make it in, I'm like, Harry, just, just go on and do it. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Why not? So after getting to the end of the book, I don't think Camilla got nearly enough heat. Her honesty is probably more than enough, but I just think she could have had a lot more. And people are saying that William is going to publish another book. You know, William already had a book out, but um, he's going to publish another book called Air, which made me laugh. And I'm like, if he does it, hopefully he talks about Camilla. <laughs> Because we know he has his own grievances. Um, and he also needs to explain why y'all forged Harry's signature on that non-bullying account, that that uh, statement about Harry bullying, uh, n about William bullying. Y'all need to talk about why y'all forged Harry's signature. But anyway, so I just finished my recap. It's uploading right now. I'm really sad, but I have a whole two weeks worth of content already curated, not created, but curated. I have it all put together and all that stuff, but it's really sad to put this book down. That's the only reason that I don't like to read that much because I, I fall in love with books like people, like I stick with it. It goes everywhere with me. Like whenever I have a free moment, it's almost like stealing a kiss, just putting in my headphone and listening to the audiobook or reading one of the pages. It's always a journey. And to see it go that makes me kind of sad, but I know that we have a year's worth of content coming. <laughs> so I know the Sussexes are going to be very active this year and I will continue to cover them. But this book was such a gem. I'm really sad that it's already over, but I would love to know your thoughts. Um, what are your thoughts on Spare if you finished it? And what are your thoughts on the running theme that Diana was ever present um, and that she sent Megan to Harry? I could not agree more. It seems like they are so beautifully, um, so, so beautifully, um, uh, matched and equally yoked. And I could not have imagined Harry with a better partner. One of the things he does say is like, I can't, you know, what you're surprised that a ginger could pull a woman like her. <laughs> I don't think Harry knows how hot gingers are. So. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, what are your thoughts on the book as well as Camilla's depiction in the book? Do you feel like it was just, do you feel like it could have been worse? Do you feel like um, it was too mean? Like, tell me your thoughts. I'm excited to hear. Once again, thank you so much for tuning into this weekly podcast of Sweet Discernment. Next week, we have something really great to talk about. I can't talk about it right now, but I have a really great episode coming out next week. So I can't wait to see you there. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts on Spare. Until next time. Bye. Sweet Discernment by Sherian Sade. 